You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Uh, and we're reporting in from Ang Lee's film that took 12 years to make and should have kept trying for another 12. This took 12 years to make? Well, 12 years of, of, of planning and development is what I read. Trust me, I got some behind-the-scenes shit. Oh, I assume maybe it was like 12 years of just trying to work out all of the shitty edits. Yeah, 12 years to figure out how to make him look like a, a muscly Shrek that makes you want to leave the theater? Yes, it's... it. Like, if you've ever wondered what a baby would look like if he took human growth hormone, <laughs> this movie answers that question for you in some of the most plasticky-looking special effects since Daredevil. So, as you can tell, guys, we're real hyped about this movie. Uh, Ang Lee's The Hulk, two hours and 18 minutes worth of... Nothing. I, Not a redeemable moment. I honestly wish we had gotten uh, gotten together a list of runtimes of the movies we covered because I think this falls in the upper echelon, and, and that does not deserve it. What is crazy is, is, like, this movie feels like it is five hours. Like, it feels like you're watching one of the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings where they're just, like, forever in a day. It, but it's not – I mean it's 17 minutes longer than Spider-Man. Ugh. And Spider-Man does not feel this long at all. This no. movie is shocking. But let's – we might as well just get into it, right? We absolutely should get into it. So if you did not listen to our mini-episode, uh, just some context for you. We are covering Ang Lee's fever dream, <laughs> the 2003 Hulk movie. I think it's just called Hulk, not the Hulk, not the yeah. Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it's just Hulk, as I as I've learned from constantly typing it into IMDb wrong. It uh, was the uh, first attempt to uh, make a film version of the Hulk outside of the long running and uh, somewhat cherished television show. Uh, yes, a great show, which this this movie contains a nod to, is Bruce Banner's father in this show or in this movie is called David Banner, which is a reference to the fact. That in the TV show they changed his name to David Banner because studio execs thought the name Bruce was too gay. I am sad to say that is not a joke. That's a legit statement from the TV execs who made the show. Oh my god! Thank god, <laughs> god we've come a wee bit. I know it's still not great, but it's definitely better than a time where a name was barred because of the way it sounded. But also, has Bruce ever sounded gay? I mean, I can't think of a name that sounds gay to begin I mean, with. Unless, but unless like your name is like enjoy sex with same gender <laughs> are we just are we just that evolved that that just seems absurd to me because i'm honestly not surprised that they would like ban the use of a name because they of some connotation i mean we still we still jam white ladies into our asian movies to make them work but i i'm, I'm more surprised by the fact that at some point everyone's like bruce oh one of those and i'm like bruce i feel like, I feel like it's bruce valanche's fault <laughs> maybe He's a bigger name in Hollywood, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's a very outed homosexual, so maybe that's it. I don't know. I've never really Wait Were they worried that were they worried that Bruce Banner would just turn into Bruce Valanche and that would be the that would be the show? Because that would be a pretty good show. Would it? <laughs> <laughs> would it? All right. Uh, it's time to get into it. So um as always, we're here to talk about uh, the adaptation of a famous comic book character, a beloved comic book character, uh, in this case, the Hulk. So, uh, obviously, opening salvo question, uh, what is your relationship to the Hulk? 
Uh, I mean, not much. I've I've watched um, or watched. I used to watch the TV show when I was younger. Really, I always thought that it was like I was too too young to have caught it. But we're like in the same age range, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm a few years older than you. Plus, I had older brothers, so I oh. watched with them when I was probably like too young to really know what was going on. And then, I mean, I, I've been a comic book nerd since I was probably like in first grade. Like, I got comics from my grandmother, all of my uncle's old comics, and I've been into it and. So I probably just watched tons of it in reruns when it used to be on TV. So I, I recall seeing it when I was a kid. And I mean, I've not read many of the comics either, but I mean, I don't have like a huge relationship, I guess, with the Hulk. I know the story. Yeah. And I, and I know this movie is aggressively not his origin story. Like always, I think I've brought this up on previous uh, other episodes, is that uh, as m my initial connection to comics was the fact that my mother was a li mother was and is a librarian, and she would bring me home these um, volumes that collected the essential like first issues of major Marvel and DC characters, and I would read them just like religiously. And uh, so I have a lot of intimate knowledge with origin stuff. Then I don't know a lot about like what happened in the comics in the 80s because I didn't really like catch up. And then I know a lot about modern comics, so I have these weird gaps. But I do I have read the, a lot of the original origin Hulk stuff. Um, but I mostly know Hulk, I think, how a lot of other people know Hulk, which is as he's just the secondary character in other heroes' stories. Like, I don't think, I can't think of a lot of arcs of the Hulk that I read. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of, I mean, I think he's become more of a character later on. I do think you're right. I mean, he had an ongoing series, but I think for the most part, because of the nature of the Hulk, he always was sort of like a background character in other, you know, like other comics dealing with the Hulk. Yeah, I can think of lots of, of, of events in many, many iterations where he's like a catalyst for a problem or a solution or he's creating like, you know, he's he's thrown into space and conquers a planet. I can think of all these elements that sort of tie into other comics. In fact, I think we mentioned in uh, Logan, right, uh, that in the Old Man Logan universe there's like the Hulk's like in control of like a territory or something. Yeah, yeah, he's taken over. So there's a ton of where he's a piece of a larger story in comics, but I don't, I mean, I, comic book fans probably fucking hate me out there, I understand, but I can't personally think of a lot of core Hulk arcs central to the Hulk where he is like, that are revered. I think there's, there's plenty of Hulk uh, stories out there that are huge to fans of that character, but there's like, there's like Batman comics, right? That transcend Batman. The, the Killing Joke is one yeah. that always comes up, and people always talk about it. It's just like it's like essential reading. Um, I don't know if the Hulk gets that same love. Uh, I know my friend Chris Doom's gonna charge into the room any minute and punch me in the teeth. But um, uh, I, so to me, I know Hulk as like as he fits into the Marvel universe, but not as like the leading man of any major comic in my mind. Which yeah, makes I'm... which makes him a hard movie to cover, which is interesting because this is this is this is technically the origin story of the hulk because it's the first movie out of team. yeah and i mean the hulk is hands like he's an interesting character in the way that it's like it's it, you know on the larger scale obviously is and even when they they actually made the character this isn't like a later interpretation it's supposed to be sort of the split people have like their inability to deal with things and it's like well what if your anger and your emotional problems manifested because you know they damage you 
psychologically what if it was a manifestation that physically altered you and it's the classic you know sort of dr jekyll and mr hyde story and it's interesting because you know bruce banner just wants to do good but he can't control the hulk and there's you know all you know tons of different versions of the hulk there's smart hulk there's you know i mean when the hulk originally appeared he was like a werewolf he would only turn into the hulk at night not when he got angry and yeah they changed that he was also gray for a while and then they changed him to green he also so, – his original series was canceled, and then he was sort of rolled into some team-up with, like, uh, other characters. So he's he didn't have a lot of initial success either as, like, a – as I said, like, as a leading character. It was only in later adaptations that they were able to make something of him. I was going to say, like, his probably his most well-known comic is most well-known because it includes the first appearance of Wolverine. Right. Yeah, that's and, a good and it's point. really that's why it's really famous. It's not really because of the Hulk, but because of the introduction of Wolverine. So, so but let, going into this movie, let's get into this movie. So, uh, in case you've forgotten the pieces of it, we're talking about the Hulk, which includes Bruce Banner, played by Eric Bana, uh, Jennifer Conley, plays Betsy, Betty Ross. We got Sam Elliott in there, kind of in my mind, at least visually. We'll talk about the rest later. Visually nailing the um, uh, the General Ross. Uh, Thunderbolt yeah. Ross uh, uh, a look. I mean, he looks just perfect for the role. Uh, as well as uh, Nick Nolte just certainly being here. Um. <laughs> Nick Nolte definitely in the spiral down of Nick Nolte, where he's already <laughs> stuff's happened to him, and he's really chosen a look. I feel like his look in this movie was not a choice of Ang Lee. That's just how Nick Nolte showed up on set. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> like, people are, people probably unfortunately think of Nick Nolte uh, alongside that famous mugshot of him looking absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, I'm not kidding when that is exactly what he looks like in this entire movie. <laughs> yeah, he just looks like somebody, like, put a little makeup on him. Like his hair is insane, and it, like it really doesn't make any sense why. He, like they don't really go into why he like is a hoarder and he like looks insane. There's just like there's like yeah he's crazy. And it's like but why? Like why doesn't he cut his hair? But um, the movie starts with well, a just, credit sequence. Yeah, a, a papyrus font credit sequence, which spells. No, it, it is it is Comic Sans, I think, which is even worse. At least papyrus you have to download, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, papyrus is one of those. <laughs> At least you have to put forth some effort. Comic Sans is the one that just comes on every computer. And a little on the nose, I felt. Look, and not fitting the rest of, like, the the rest of it is, like, CGI graphics and a man, like, cutting up animals. And then over top of it is this, this like, really cartoony font. It's so weird. And it's a cartoony neon and look as someone who's at least pretty fucking good with the photoshop put some stroke on that bitch give it a drop shadow for fuck's sake it's just or just do what every other movie in the uh, universe does which is slightly change the font so it doesn't look like a windows default it's it's, yeah something like i'm not kidding and i know that we're particularly harsh about these movies but this intro sequence looks like someone took some weird found footage on youtube and then popped it in a movie uh like windows movie maker and then just used whatever came up by default like it's it's 
it's it's kind of rough, but more you wouldn't you wouldn't have such a criticism of it if it didn't go on for and I counted six and a half minutes. That's too long for an intro what's, sequence. What's crazy is the movie starts and this credit sequence is like you feel like the person who's editing this movie just got Final Cut Pro and was like, look at all the cool shit you can do. There's dissolves and this thing I can put I, like four scenes in one thing with a bar between them, and you're like, wow, this is a lot going on in a title sequence. But then it turns out that's the way the whole movie's edited. Yeah. Like the whole movie is edited the same way the title sequence is, which is just insanity. Like the title sequence is flashing so fast, it looks like the Marvel movie logo. Like where it's just flashing images where you're like, what the fuck is happening? It's just a man torturing animals. And I could have gone without when he cut the starfish apart. And it's yeah, it's 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 a really stark scene too, because um I think a lot of people coming into this movie know a lot about – know at least – again, there's sort of a two levels of comic book knowledge out there. There's the crazy fans who know everything down to, like, the street name that Bruce Banner lived on. And then there's, like, most of everyone else who know, like, the bullet points of a hero. Oh, Batman? Yeah, his parents died. Now he swings around at night punching guys. Uh, and yeah. then when he said a Hulk, it's pretty easy what people know. He goes, he's a scientist. He gets hit with radiation, and now he's like a big, angry, angry green man. Um, so when they open with a scientist that's not Bruce Banner, <laughs> yes, it was so confusing because I was like, "What is going on? Why does Bruce Banner have like a '70s porn stash?" And then as it goes on, I'm like, "Oh, that's just a '70s porn actor." And the movie just keeps going, and there's no setup. Like the movie does not. It, maybe it did, and I just wasn't paying attention because I checked out. No, early. it didn't give you like a desert base or like or it like didn't give you twenty. Year, right? It didn't say twenty years ago or like nineteen seventy, and then gave you like a short sequence to set you up for the like the family like uh, structure of this movie. No, it 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 starts as if this is the main character, and it sticks with that guy for about fifteen minutes. And here's the thing that's confusing. So the movie starts. It starts off. You're following who is David Banner. Uh, Nick Nolte's character, who's listed in the IMDb just as father, uh, he attested some – he's trying to create a drug that will heal soldiers. So like when they're wounded on the battlefield, they instantly heal. So we'll have like an immortal army. The government says no, that he can't test it on humans because it's fucked up. He tested it on himself, but he gets his wife pregnant. And whatever he did to himself makes his son turn green when he's angry, which is not – this is not the Hulk's origin story at all. Now, they don't really go into it, but we get this series of events where we keep seeing a young Bruce Banner. And then all of a sudden, it's like a dream sequence, but half of the flashbacks, young Bruce Banner is not part of. So I'm like, is he dreaming things he wasn't there for? Because the movie just all of a sudden shifts and he's having a nightmare. It's like there's no connection at all between what's happening. Uh, I, I did do some research because I also had a similar a similar vibe. Um and honestly, a lot of uh, some source people did indicate that the that some part of one of the iterations of the origin story did include the idea that his father uh, was doing genetic testing on himself and was worried that his son would have picked up pieces of that. But it's not extrapolated on a lot. It's just sort of like a, really that's in the comics. I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's less like a real thing and more like a thing his crazy father is imagining like my son's uh like a, a monster you know like and part of his like daddy issues but i don't think he actually did anything to modify a young bruce banner as far as i know it, yeah and then what's weird is it's implied that he is 
he turns like his screen his skin turns greenish when he's mad but then like nobody notices that he never notices it for his entire life that when he's angry he gets like a green rice and immediately disappears like, or does it just go away when he grows like there's so many questions but the movie just goes from that to a, a teenage bruce banner waking up and uh being upset uh because he's having a dream in which his dad comes home they're hiding underneath of a table because they think a nuclear a bombs or a plant's about to explode the woman and the man go into the bedroom and then he wakes up crying then the next thing that happens he's a grown man in a lab it's like no, there's no but there's no like transitions to be like all right now he grew up it's just like not follow it he's now an older man he's an adult he's eric band if you figure it out and i, I don't want to pass this over too hard um in this opening sequence, which moves very quickly with Bruce Banner like slowly growing, I, I tracked the following unconventional transitions. Uh, there is a birth wipe. I want to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. There is a wipe in which a character is on screen in profile, and then a circle appears with a pregnant, groaning, screaming woman. And then we zoom in, and that circle expands like a weird star wipe, and we're watching a birth. Then the birth turns into a pan down to where like a birth is happening you know out of you know a vagina and then that turns into like an expand wipe into the next scene i'm like don't do that ever yeah it is his don't ever do that anybody who's seen this movie or read an interview knows that ang lee's idea was he wanted it to look like a comic book but instead it just looks like a really shitty edited episode of 24 where they do like the corner screens you yeah know, where they divide but it's like in 24 they're usually showing two separate events that are happening simultaneously in this it's often just a different angle of the thing i'm currently looking at and often so it's like most it's like them... a person profile and then a person from behind and the same person from behind you're like why do i need the second shot and uh, yeah a lot of them are like i think one of them that was particularly egregious uh was there's a sequence in which uh talbot the uh, the asshole from a, a genetics company um, leaves the office after telling Banner he's being dumb, and he and the the office departure includes a 15 cut montage of different angles of Talbot leaving and looking over his shoulder, and then Banner reacting, and then they were overlaid and they splash and they they move past each other. But then, like, other scenes where, like, the Hulk is transforming are done just in standard framed shots. So it doesn't – why there and, like, shots of helicopters but ne- not anywhere else? I don't it, – it's, it's like there's there are, like, points in this movie where scenes will be cut by them just showing rocks. Or like a rocks. fern. I tracked a yeah. fern transition and I tracked a sweat bead turning into a zoom shot turning into a star wipe. I mean, it's absolute – insanity I, and i know that and it looks nothing like a comic book i know that's the yeah, problem yeah like, that's not how comics look like if you want to divide the screen into panels that works but the panels of a comic are not just the same thing over again comics are not just random shit they're not known for their for their moving transitions <laughs> yeah well i mean like you brought it up there's a scene later where they're transporting a banner in a helicopter and it's like a good 30 seconds to a minute and it is just 15 different shots of the helicopter flying and it's like this is not interesting it's a helicopter flying that's not the most you know this isn't 40 years ago where nobody knew what the fuck a helicopter are. that wouldn't even be right it's not 70 years ago i mean it's not like we're like wow helicopters are a thing it's just like yeah okay i get it i don't need to see them like basically doing a, a military 
like supply <laughs> run. It's not super exciting. So um, we get this framework for the movie because I want to talk about this movie in a couple of ways because um, obviously it would be very easy to make fun of this movie for an hour, and we mostly will. But um, one thing I wanted to work out was as I, this movie is a known bomb, right? This movie isn't one that like some people liked, some people didn't. And that's like the stakes of where it is critically, and it's up to interpretation. This movie, I think, historically was considered a, a fuck up, right? Well, apparently it has a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm aware of that, and this is the interesting thing. And so what I did, instead of doing the standard go read the origin story research, instead, what I did was uh, I dug up as many positive reviews as I could. Not even from like established critics like from people on the internet who write film stuff and i and i and i watched a couple of youtube videos of people positive about this movie it's um it's a lot of strained logic to get their points out <laughs> about why this movie is good and a lot of it not super coherent or tangible but a lot of people talked about um how this movie took so <laughs> This is the interesting thing. Uh, we praised Logan really hard for being an unconventional superhero movie by being more of a Western that then used elements of superheroes to make a more cohesive movie, which is something we praise in other movies as well. Um, this movie tries to do that by, instead of just going with a standard action-packed, flashy superhero movie, it tries to create some sort of like psychological drama where we're supposed to be like, obsessed with this tortured man and his yeah, father it, it, and... it's definitely supposed to be like the dichotomy of like the human soul like there, you can tell what he wanted to do yes you, uh, that, that, that he does not succeed <laughs> at all at any point in the film that's my only point before we go any further into making fun of the movie is i think the only thing i agreed with the, with the quote-unquote positive reviews is they felt they got what was intended and then they kind of badly justify why it's okay even though it didn't come out uh, in the film, but it uh, let's be clear about this. It does not come out. It is a slowly paced, uh, mellow performance from Eric Bana. Uh, Bana. Eric Bana feels like your Bana. It feels like they might have given him like quaaludes at the start of every. <laughs> yes. Like I like Eric Bana. I thought he was great in Munich. He's great in like Black Hawk Down. I've enjoyed. You know, he's in other movies, but I've enjoyed him in, in all the other movies I've seen Eric Bana in. I like him. I think he's a good actor. This movie, there is something legit wrong with him. Like, I don't know if he just got a divorce right before they started filming, but he is just like, does like he's trying to do a lot with like his face and it's not working. And then Jennifer Conley feels like she doesn't care. Uh, like, I don't know. It just seems like nobody, like everybody realizes like while they're filming is like, uh oh, or something. I don't know. It's just there's like an energy in the film that is like, it, this is not good. And yeah, we are aware. <laughs> And, and and that leads to really, really, really awkward moments when Eric is supposed to explode with emotion and and become this, like, rage character. doesn't work because he's this really placid, flat person who's, yeah, su I, I, who's supposed to have daddy issues. But, like, we see better daddy issue problems from, like, Bruce uh, – from Bruce Wayne. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to see from, like, teenage girls on the internet. <laughs> no. Like, we're talking – if we're talking, like, like – troubled teen a, a troubled kid growing up with a complicated history of his parents i mean we're talking like the nolan movies or really most of them the, the, the batman movies I, that touch on it they do a better job with you creating this sort of like pulled back reserved person 
scared to open up to, to be too vulnerable to anybody because of the things that have happened to him but at times is forced to become another person that's the same vibe i don't get that we get these really placid sequences with him talking very long about and and at times he's supposed to be a scientist that cares about his work and not about profit but that's forgotten about at times, he's supposed to be someone who cares about knowing about who his father is, but his father doesn't re-enter the movie until about late Act Two, so that's not really a theme that pans out. Like none I, of these... I mean, the problem is, is I think the idea is supposed to be because they mentioned it very early in the movie. She said that's just Bruce; he's bottled up. So I think he's supposed to be playing somebody who cannot. And they set up that the reason him and uh, Bet Betty Ross, right? That's her name. Yes. The reason they broke up is because he was emotionally unavailable. But I don't know if it was Eric Bana's take on what that means or Ang Lee told him to act this way, but it's like they were like, oh, people who are emotionally unavailable have no emotions. It's like, no, that's not what it is. It's their inability to express emotions. Like they still have them. They still act like – like he acts like he has like borderline personality disorder. Yeah. Like uh, he has no reaction to anything, and his like anger is is ridiculous. And like childlike, so it's like he doesn't. He's not playing a character who can't deal with things or bottles everything up and lets it like fester. He just plays a character who has no emotion whatsoever until suddenly he's able to become angry. The tried and true representation of a character who has bottled emotions is someone who doesn't not have emotions, someone who doesn't do anything, but someone who replaces those that 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 replaces those emotions with others. So someone like. Again, Bruce Wayne, someone who drinks and becomes this playboy, someone who 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 channels it into humor or channels it into just being like a like a you know a, a different person than 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 who they are because they're scared of who they are. Um, we just get this guy who see, is is confusingly still into science after his scientist father murdered his his mother. Well, he's on a he forgets that his scientist oh. father murdered his mother but which is like weird because it's like when they finally do show it it's like oh that was legit an accident i mean he was going to kill his son that's what he was going to do and he tr they she's trying to stop him and they fall and he accidentally stabs her and then she awkwardly crawls out in the de desert and puts her hand up to ask for i don't know who to help her and then a gamma bomb blows up a build i don't know that whole part was confusing yeah but, we'll get to that in a minute another thing i wanted to clarify real quick when we're in this part um we are the location of what we're call uh, where we're at in this in this part of the movie in Marvel terminology is called desert base. Um, that's right. The United States military racked their brains of what to call this base in the desert, and they came up with desert base. Uh, in my research, I also discussed. Can you can you come up with the name of the university where Bruce gets his doctorate? I'm going to assume it's Science University. It's close. It's Desert State University. That's right. Wow. Desert State. You know, the state we call Desert. That is – is that really – because that's bizarre. Usually Marvel is, like, so rooted in, like, just – they just take real-world names. But maybe no. back then they were afraid to use – That's right. He grew up on Desert Base and then uh, and then got accepted to Desert State. Go Desert State Devils uh, or Cactus – Cacti? I don't know. Oh my god, Desert State? No, never mind. It's not a real university. <laughs> no, it's not. But I do have a DSU sweatshirt upstairs, so. <laughs> there is a Desert State University on Facebook oh. in Navajo, New Mexico. But I do not think that's what it is. Another thing to talk it about real quick. It appears to be a Marvel creation. Another thing to talk about real quick while we're talking about Bruce, uh, Eric Bana doing Bruce Banner. Um, 
I usually hate these, but every IMDb movie in the fucking world, every IMDb entries in the fucking world has some trivia fact where it's like, these actors were all considered for the role. And usually when they say considered, they mean like the writer said it out loud in a room once. <laughs> and like, yeah, like if you, if you ever like follow how movies, when they're like actors considered, all it takes is the production company to call the actor's agent and be like, would they be interested? And they, that doesn't mean they're even going to cast them. That means they're just asking. They're just trying to find out. So half the time you're like, oh, well, this, there's no way this was true. They were never going to cast X person. But there actually is a bunch of – this movie had a ton of behind the scenes. There's a whole video, like an hour-long video called The Making of the Hulk where they talk about a ton of stuff. It's really pretty insane. Um, the But this is super interesting. So these are actual attempts at getting a character for this. Uh, Billy – Crudup, I think his name is. Is that right? I I don't know who you're referring to. He plays Doctor Manhattan in Watchmen to keep it in the uh. family here. But Billy Crudup was cited to play was was asked and was Ang Lee's first choice to play uh, Bruce Banner in this movie, and he turned it down. This is super interesting. Edward Norton was asked to play it and was given a script and turned it down because he didn't like the script. Uh, good call. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Norton would then go on to actually play the Hulk right. and be super pissed at the way they changed the script and refused to work with Marvel ever again. Uh, Johnny Depp was also on a list at some point to play. Ugh. As was – this is this is real because this is not just from IMDb but actually verified in an interview with Ang Lee. Um, as was Steve Buscemi, David Duchovny, and Jeff Goldblum. Oh, man. I would take those last three. I would have taken any of those three. I would like to see just like a the audition where they're like reading one of the monologues. I would love to see Jeff Goldblum. Can you and picture what his version of him hulking out would be? Do you think Jeff Goldblum would morph into a Hulk that had like hip glasses? <laughs> yeah, his glasses. He'd be like, they are not falling off. And they're like, really? He's like, yeah. Anyway, all right. Also, you need to work in Musco faster into this script. It worked for me in Independence Day it, and Jurassic. Park. I was Park. gonna say and Jurassic Park. Um, so the so so because we have two hours to cover, let's let's gloss over some shit here. The first. The first act of the movie is, besides the opening we already covered, this kind of illogical, like, disassociative, like, flashback with a father that takes 20 minutes. We move into adult Eric Bana, uh, adult Bruce Banner. <laughs> adult Eric Banner. Adult Bruce Banner. Their names are a little close. Uh, yeah, they are. That's why it worked. That's why they got the, that's why they got the role. Adult Bruce Banner. Okay, hold on. Real quick. I had a, I had a fun factoid, since I'm talking about uh, how names sound like something. Um, there's a... There's a comedian out there called Stuart Lee. He's a British comedian. And he has a bit because he was actually a journalist for a bit. And he uh, – this is – uh, to his, to his, his account and others, this is true. He called up Ang Lee to do an interview. Uh, and he, he said that he wanted to start the interview with a joke. And he has a whole bit I highly recommend looking up on YouTube about this. Um, and he started by saying, uh, it's great to talk to you, Ang. Um, I, I just wanted to say – don't make me Ang Lee. <laughs> oh, that is terrible. You won't like me when I'm Ang Lee. And Ang, Ang Lee was very annoyed by the joke and made him repeat it a couple times and then accused him of making a racist joke because while he was just playing the fact that the words sounded like, he thought that he was saying, you know, uh, like angry in like an, an Asian accent, like by yeah. the R and L scenario. Yeah, and they, they have, wow. he, has, he has a whole story about how they had to roll in like three lawyers and a production assistant to calm him down. 
that's also not the way that stereotype goes. It's they say L's like ours, not R's like ours. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. But that's a pretty that's a pretty good joke that I don't think deserves it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm uh, sorry. I'm now sorry. this movie, I, I think that once we get to adult uh, Bruce Banner is when the movie actually becomes worse. Like at least in the beginning, especially this sequence before he becomes the Hulk. The the flashback, while confusing, at least has like a clear narrative. We're seeing what's happening. The you know the guy's tested. He's told not to. He tested himself. He has a baby. The baby has something wrong. Where it's it's got like this weird skin thing. Uh, they're scared. He's being. They find out that he's testing, and he goes to blow up the base. I guess to just. I don't know why he blows up the base. I couldn't figure that part out. Uh, and you're like, all right. Well, at least I've got like a series of events. Then we come into this, and it is just like nothing. Nothing is. It's like the parts of the movie that you don't want to see was all they filmed like shit that just does not matter like the scene where he first arrives and he's talking to betty ross one it is the least natural dialogue i have ever had heard two people give in a movie it sounds so scripted and so and neither one of them has like any emotion while they're talking so it just feels like two like they were doing like a table read and you're just like nah good enough yeah we'll it- just leave that in the film <laughs> I would say a good the, – the, the later half of the first act and almost the entire second act, besides a, a, a brief guest appearance by the Hulk, is mostly Eric Bana in a room, sitting down, looking at Betty, uh, Betsy Ross – or Betty Ross? I forget. Um, yeah. I think you're right. It might be Betsy. No one's emoting with their face, and they're talking about, like, selling their science to a corporation. And that's most of the yeah, beginning. It, it, most of it. And there is just like a, like a bunch of stuff before he becomes the Hulk. Not like a bunch, but there's enough where there's just like scenes where you're just like, what was the fucking point of that? Like, why is this – this movie is two hours and 18 minutes long. Why was this scene one that you were like, we can't get rid of? And there's no stakes in this early part of the movie. Like, it's clear that, that Bruce is having trouble getting funding, which is a classic movie trope. Is is like a scientist with a wild idea who who's struggling with funding and trying to like push the limits, like Jeff Goldblum in The Fly or whatever. But um, but there isn't like a t- that that pressure is barely there because a Betty's father is the general of this huge army and seems to be like looking after her and Bruce, but without ever speaking to her, without ever speaking estranged. to her. And Bruce is brilliant, and even the guy trying to buy his work says that he's brilliant like everyone what's weird is though his work does not work right he (laughs) has failed work we like it we really want to buy it's like it doesn't work though he didn't succeed at anything he failed and we're and and we're not leading up to that point in most of that trope where the character aka the fly then goes too far and pushes the limits of science to then accomplish his goal thus making him the monster that he uh feared that's not the hulk's story the Hulk just gets destroyed by an accident that has nothing to do with him in this movie. Like, his assistant is just doing a thing with the machine, a bunch of things go haywire, and then he gets hit with radiation in what is the worst effects, uh, worse than the actual Hulk in this movie. Like, they just use a green light, they flash on him from off screen. I'm not, I'm literally not kidding. They flash, like, a filter over the screen in post. Yeah, it looks, if you've it's ever insane. seen the... If you've ever seen The Incredible Hulk, the original TV show, when he gets hit by the gamma radiation, it is the same effect. So they're using an effect from the 1970s TV production. It, it, it looks it, exactly like the 1970s TV production. That's and it's not – it, Which maybe maybe that was supposed to be an homage, but I don't know. Like, and Here's where the movie – this is one of the issues I have with this whole section. 
one, we've already, the uh, straight up the special effects in this movie, while like in some ways groundbreaking for what they did, they just look like garbage. FYI, I, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not blaming let me, ILM. I was gonna say, just, let me interject here in case you're unaware out there. Industrial Light and Magic did the effects for this movie. And I, I don't, but I don't blame them because like the effects for the time this movie was made, they look reasonable. They're not great, but the design of the Hulk, which I don't know if that was like an Ang Lee thing, it basically just looks like an Eric Bana baby, so it doesn't work. His main villains are dogs that just look stupid. He basically just throws a temper tantrum when he's the Hulk. He doesn't really do anything. And so, like, the stuff they tried to do just doesn't work because the design of the Hulk looks like shit. And the, what they're having him do is stupid. Like, the Hulk looks great in the Avengers movie, but he still kind of looks like a baby. But at least he's doing something. Like, yeah, there's three – let, let's be clear here. There's four Hulk sequences in this entire movie. Four. Yeah. And yeah, the, the first, first one, one is basically a temper tantrum. The first one isn't until 42 minutes into the movie. And let's run them down. In, in, in scene one where we get a Hulk transition – and I'm not saying that a Hulk movie is just him smashing stuff, but – you know, it you, should be a decent chunk of it. You didn't come you, to the movie because it was called Bruce Banner. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? It's like Iron Man 3. He's not in a suit a lot, but then they make up for it at the end because there's like 72 suits. So it's like <laughs> they still knew they had to put that fucking suit in the and movie. And they get three movies in. And I, I'm not saying that the, the, the a Hulk movie needs to be this smash fest or that it needs to be like constant Hulk action. But Which, if you've seen The Incredible Hulk, there's only three Hulk sequences in that movie. Right, and it, but it worked. You don't. You're not like, uh, it all works. It makes sense. It's it's pretty well done, and you don't. You feel like you got enough of the smashy smash, but enough of like the story too. This movie feels like there's no story and there's no smashing. So it's like you got to give me one or the other. Right. If you're gonna do limited Hulk action, and when it's action, it's like him just like jumping away through the desert because he's yeah, trying one to... part running like vertically, like side, like on a wall as a helicopter poorly flies behind him and shoots at him yeah if it's you, ridiculous if you want to do that cool but the rest of it has to fucking shine you need to give me eric banna and nick nolte or whoever you would recast in those roles and yes. and betty ross give me like a performance about something because again people in the reviews kept talking about oh it's a serious movie it's a different take it's like a different way to do superhero movies but like what but then okay then what is it because it doesn't give me it doesn't give me drama very well at all. It doesn't give me a torn relationship between a family. It it, it it's yeah, just it kind of lost. It feels like anybody who's like, oh, it, it it succeeds at its goal is just like it's it's you put something into it because I get what they were trying to do. There's supposed to be the issue of like a guy who grew up never knowing his parents and he has dad issues because of a recurring nightmare. He doesn't know how to deal with emotion. All this stuff. There's a there's another woman who has a father who's present but is estranged, and you get like all these. You know, he can't form a relationship. I see what they want to do, but they do not achieve any single part of it. Yeah. Okay. Except so, for a bunch of weird filter and transition shots. It's, I guess it's the one thing they went for. They succeeded. This movie contains more weird transitions than all of cinema history up to this point. So let's run down like the four Hulk scenes, right? So we got we got the opening Hulk scene where it's his first transformation post uh, post accident where he again you're right he just has that like that scene in The Force Awakens when uh, they just like smashes a console with a lightsaber he had except for except for in at least The Force Awakens I'm like oh I get it he's mad because they lost it I'm not sure what the fuck triggered him yeah <laughs> like, he appears to just be reading an email and is just like mm, I don't like it 
And it's just like, all right, I think he needs to get a little angrier than that. Like, I couldn't figure out what was the real thing that made him that angry. There's no stakes in that scene where he gets angry. He just suddenly randomly becomes the Hulk, and he runs to his own lab smashing stuff. Did you notice there, too, that the the main item in their science lab is that giant, like, gamma sphere, right? Yeah. In it, he, he gets to the sphere, and he rips it out, and he puts it on his shoulder like Atlas? Yeah. That was on purpose. I looked it up. It is on purpose. It's supposed Don't to be... Don't know why. I do. <laughs> I do. Do you want to know why? Why? It's supposed to be a reference to the fact that that's a real scientific object. Not that in the scene, but that conceptually. Yeah, the gamma, yeah, the gamma ball. Yeah. It's in a place called ATLAS, which is an acronym for some science thing, in, like, Ohio. Uh, so it's, it's a thing called ATLAS, but they edited this whole fucking expensive CGI sequence just to throw a call out to like thought, a science lab. I don't. I just thought that like in in with how little this movie makes sense, I was just like Ang Lee's trying to imply that he's Atlas. I don't know why he thinks that would make sense. I mean, this before we go any more into the Hulk, real quick. These opening sequences, there's just so much going on that does not pay off or make any sense or need to be in the movie that it's just shocking like how much there's like a two minute scene where he finds a dog and he walks up to it and the dog growls and he walks away that is the end of the scene it's not really important because later we see that nick nolte has dogs i don't need that scene it's just crazy it's like i don't understand what these scenes that are in there and like this this whole like him beating up the lab why and to your point, there's also a scene where uh, Jennifer Connelly comes out of the lab, and there's a janitor that we learn later is Nick Nolte, but at the time we don't know that he's anyone relevant. So we just see. Well, you know he's Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know who he is. So you just see like yeah. he, she comes out. There's a janitor there. She goes, "You're not the usual guy." And he's like, "Yeah, that guy died." And she's like, "Oh, huh." And then she walks away and pauses and looks at him, and he keeps cleaning. And I'm like. I don't need all this. Yeah. And then, and then, well, but and it's also like you're just like these two people are sociopaths. She's like, "Where's Gary or whatever?" And he's like, "He's dead. I'm the new guy." And she's like, "Oh, nice to meet you." It's like, okay, you knew the other guy's name. You must have talked to him. It does not affect you at all that this man's like you're not like, yeah. "Oh my God, what happened to him?" Also, you're just like, "Oh, I guess he died." Also, FYI, Nick Nolte, if you're if you're if you're pretending to be a janitor that you I guess may be killed in this scenario, um, and you're taking his position. Don't go right with dead. Don't bring a lot of attention to it. Go with, he's off tonight. <laughs> yeah, just be like, I, just be like, I don't know. I'm the new guy. Like, I didn't get, like... He's in I, I, he's in wing B. Like, I just... Did they, did they ever, like, show that, like, did Nick Nolte kill the janitor? I don't know. That's but, what I was never sure. I was like, are they implying he killed him? Because... But also, <laughs> that scene transitions into the next scene with a series of bubbles overtaking the scene. Bubbles! Oh, they, they bubbles. The, the uh, bubbles that are supposed to be like the Hulk's DNA or something break up about fifteen scenes. That's the transition, oh, and you're just—it just looks like somebody poured soda on the screen. Like it just looks like carbonated bubbles. You're like, it's a bad. At times, they're just using like a Chrome filter in Photoshop, like from like CS2. Like they're using like a shitty yeah. CS2 it's, it's, Chrome it's filter. Insane. All these Photoshop callouts are gonna are really gonna land with the graphic designers out there. They're gonna get this. Let's shit. hope so because I work with a graphic designer who says she listened. She started listening to the podcast. So Perfect. I'll, I'll find <laughs> out if she found these Photoshop jokes interesting, or if she's gonna be like, "You guys don't know shit about Photoshop." <laughs> okay, Which I will. I will admit right now. 
I don't know that much about Photoshop. I can make some sweet clip studio jokes. <laughs> they would kill, but yeah, yeah, really gotta land it with those clip studio folks listening in. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, scene scene two is the infamous gamma dog fight sequence. Because once again, I'm foiled by the fact that there was gamma dogs in the comic in a very very minor sense. I mean, like maybe a couple of issues. Um, yeah, and they are not just like random. I don't know. Here's the thing. One of them is too. not a poodle. I'll tell you that right now. Can we talk about this scene just a little in depth, real quick? Yes. He shows up in. She must be. She must have a cabin in the redwood forest because all of these trees are roughly skyscraper size. As we later find out, when he jumps on top of one of them, and then when he falls, he falls like what appears to be 340 feet. Like I mean, he falls so far that I'm like. Where the fuck did she build this cabin that there's trees this tall everywhere? You can't just build those in the redwood forest, for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, it's, it's great. But he starts fighting these dogs, and he's having a really hard time fighting dogs, which feels like if you were the Hulk, dogs would not be, like, your toughest opponent. I mean, to clarify, in case you haven't seen the movie, they've been injected with the supposedly the same radiation that, again, that this guy couldn't perfect, so I don't know how he managed to get the dogs to do it, but whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of questions there, but... It appears as though when he kills the dogs, they just turn into a cloud of dust as if it's like a video game. Like, did you notice that? Yeah, they, they explode in he, green mist. He green just mist. throws the one dog in the distance. It doesn't look like it hits anything. It looks like it just turns into a cloud of smoke from, like, the sheer velocity of being thrown. It's like, and they're just gone. There's no bodies or anything. It's just like, what the fuck, man? And I also want to point out in this scene, somebody had to be a storyboard artist, right? And someone had to write down... Okay, in this square, the Hulk's going to have his crotch of his pants ripped out by a mutant poodle. Because that yeah, happens. I'm not sure if that was supposed to be him going to town on the, you know, the Hulk sausage or what was that. Just but to be clear, just to be clear, a mutant poodle rips off purple shorts from a lime green Hulk in this movie. So yeah, and- if you're still pitching out there on the internet, YouTube nerds, that this movie tried hard... I want you to know that this guy that 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 scene probably cost a couple hundred thousand dollars. Oh, more than that, I assume this movie cost 137 million dollars. I mean, I, I like mean, like those two frames, money. like yeah. cost like a couple hundred thousand dollars. But what's crazy is I read because uh, I watched this movie on Amazon, and if you mouse over, it shows you the stupid like IMDb facts and stuff. And one of them said that this wasn't even the full run. Uh, like they cut out like. ILM made this the fight scenes like ten minutes longer. They made the it's like huge and they cut it down. And then in my mind I was like, you spent all this money having them animate this scene and you cut out, you know, whatever it was out of it, but you left in all the boring shit at the, like you left in the scene with the dog and the awkward conversations yeah. and the like transitions where I'm just looking at two people looking at each other. In different pockets. Like, I'm like, I, I don't understand when they had to cut this movie down. Who was just like, well, cut out the parts where something's happening. Well, here's another fun fact for you about this scene. If you if you missed it, at the end of this fight scene, a Hulk who had a really hard time with these dogs is fucking straight up bare-ass naked. His shorts are it's gone. A- His ass uh. is clearly visible when he walks over to the pond. Um, here's the thing. The studio had to fight aggressively with Ong Lee, who wanted to make it a fully nude fight sequence. Not a joke. I also uh, confirmed it with an interview with Ong Lee. Because, again, there's, now, a, there's an hour-long making of video of this thing. Why? Like, what? Hey. What's, 
What is the value you intend to drag out of a scene with a weird neon green Eric Bana just dick flopping and punching a poodle? What's your win condition there? Like, it's like, at least in, like, Eastern Promises, it's like, I get why he's naked, but why would the Hulk need to, like... Why? It's such a weird include... It doesn't make any sense. Like, Dr. Manhattan is nude in Watchmen, but there's, like, a fucking, like, thematic concept around him just being, like, above humanity and, and, and having no need for shame and the references to, like, Adam and, like, and Michelangelo. There's, like, there's reasons for it, but there's no reason to be like, hey, when that, when the Hulk chokeslams a poodle, do you think he can have his dong out? Yeah, I mean, it's just weird. Like, maybe he's just like, he's like, he's like, I'm going to answer the question nerds have wondered forever. When the Hulk gets bigger, does his dick get bigger? put that baby to rest so uh rapid fire the last two hulk scenes are the very long sequence where he hops plateaus um apparently what appears to be super fast running and leaping that seems like it would take him 10 miles every time he went into the air but apparently is about as fast as a helicopter can go because helicopters keep pace with him the whole time uh his speed his abilities and like I, this this was done, I think, without. I mean, I'm guessing I didn't do any research whatsoever because I barely got through this movie. But I don't think they used motion capture, or maybe they did. Oh my god, I have a fun fact for you as well. They did use extensive motion capture to capture. Then why does he? Why is when he's running? Does it look like the fucking Superman scene in that first Superman, where his legs are like moving awkwardly too fast? Who do you like think when he runs? I'm like, that's not what a person or an animal looks like when they run. What the fuck is happening? Do you think Eric Bana did his own motion capture? I can only hope no, but that if he did, that would explain. Do you know who did? This movie. Uh, well, is, am I just going to assume that it's a uh, circus? It's Ang Lee. Uh, what? Ang Lee did all the motion capture, facial and body, for the Hulk. There are scenes of of him being recorded when he's wearing, like, khakis and, like, doing, like, the Hulk raging out sequence. Ang Lee, not a scary guy. Probably in his late 40s when he, when he did this movie. He doesn't resemble the Hulk. He's very, he's not a tall man. He's not also, muscly. He's not full of rage and, like, he's not an actor so also and i don't want this to sound racist but probably not a great idea to do facial capture of people of two different races that look nothing at all alike that's just a tip from me to you in the future guys you usually want it to be the actor that you're trying to capture yeah makes it a little easier who you have available and seems like a guy who'd be up for it (laughs) but maybe not i feel like he checked out about the same time i did in this movie which was about the 30 well probably about the 28 minute mark but uh, yeah, I don't. So um, that's crazy. I, I would. I'm gonna go look this up once this podcast is over. So so number five or number four of the Hulk's the only four Hulk sequences you get is the Hulk or Bruce Banner is sold to a corporation by the U.S. government, but he's also sold without his control. So basically, someone buys a man from the U.S. government and they don't have a say in it. I don't know how it's possible, but it happens. The company, Atheon, who is run by the what is supposed to be another antagonist of this movie, Talbot, who is an absolute waste of time in the script, um, is supposed to be this like lead researcher who is now trying to capture the Hulk's DNA, which is a good idea. 
a good idea to like see like people try you know that's a classic whole trope people try to contain him and they fail it's it's fun yeah, and that's one of the reasons why it's supposed to be like the hulk's always on the run is he he's afraid everybody wants to weaponize his power and he he views the hulk as a curse and he doesn't want you know that to be unleashed on the world so, and that's why he always disappears in it when they attempt to take his DNA, the Hulk breaks out and charges into this facility. Now, when you think of, an, of, a, of a corporate genetics lab facility, you're going to think of what it looks like at the actual lab where the, most of this movie is filmed, the government lab. It's just offices and laboratories with, like, boring tables and beakers. That's all uh, genetics corporation or, or chemical whatever developing corporations Well, they be. are at the military base when he breaks free. Right, but Atheon is in what appears to be, like, a 70s – like, it looks like they repurposed an old – 1970s bond villain headquarters it's definitely a bond villain headquarter and when they first show the hulk arriving it is straight up the uh hive from the resident evil movie it's just like an underground it's like this massive which i know you know the hulk version probably came first although i don't remember being a big underground base but it's like this mammoth underground base and it is very confusing because atheon is going to try to take the hulk and weaponize him but they are at a military base. So it's like, wait, I don't understand. Did the government turn him over? Or is it like Atheon the government? Are they like the Illuminati? It's very confusing. And, and Ross, plans... Ross is also overseeing this, like secondarily. Yes, a very nice office. And seems to have some sort of operational control, yet is furious that this was taken from him. But it doesn't seem to have been taken again, from him. In all. his base. Yeah, it's like in the base he is currently running. It's, but I then, cannot figure that part out either. But then the Hulk breaks free, and the guys that come to capture him and use some weird foam thing um, are all dressed, again, like Bond villain henchmen. They have, like, weird shoulder like, – like, pointed shoulder pad outfits, and they have, like, crazy vests and, like, caps. And again, I'm like, who are these people? Why are they in costumes? In this military base, where's the army? <laughs> like, yeah, it, I, then then when he gets out, it's just the army chasing him. Yeah, yeah. The Atheon's like part of it, and there are also still the weirdos where you're just like, who the fuck are these people again? A and you get Atheon's just like, they had eight guys for this project, and they all got killed, so they're just out. It's it's like crazy though. So then you get that that's the the fourth or the third Hulk out, oh, which oh. is when he's fighting the. Hold on. The military, which is at least – that's probably like the only really like interesting part of the movie because you're like, oh, this is so much like the first like couple of issues of the original Hulk comic. Yeah. It, the entire military comes to get him. He's in the middle of the desert. He's fighting him. All this stuff happens, and I'm like, this is cool, and then it ends, and the movie goes back to <laughs> Yeah, it, it is what you expect where it's the desert. There's tanks. He's ripping the tanks apart and like clubbing tanks with other tanks. It's what you want. Um, yeah. Before we went past it, though, do you recall the scene where Talbot died? So Talbot, be one hundred percent, you guys. <laughs> I might have skipped about forty-five minutes. <laughs> Talbot again, supposedly one of the two and well, I'm sorry, one of the three antagonists of this movie, which may be another problem with this movie, by the way. It's got General Ross, his dad, and this weird, boring genetics guy. Um, when Talbot is killed. Uh, he tries to shoot him with a grenade. It gets shot back at him because the Hulk's skin is like rubber, I guess. And it explodes. But the movie freeze frames as he's being thrown from this explosion, draws a white outline of him 
then holds it like it's like a 70s grindhouse movie, you know? And plays like a bam, bam, and then he like the explosion overtakes the screen. Like it's literally like, a, like if they just got, uh, they just got like an old grindhouse director to direct just that fucking two seconds, and then went back to Ang Lee doing whatever he was doing. It's it's not even a transition. It's just like a weird, like Scott Pilgrim like motif choice that doesn't make any sense. Which is ninety percent of the film let's face it like most of this movie is weird like stylistic choices but not for the purpose of being like isn't this interesting it's just like huh i don't know what was going on there so we get to the final hulk sequence which we've got to get in here before we hit too much of a time on this fucking movie which is supposed to be a the the pinnacle of this movie and b by based on the reviews that i read from people who actually like this movie supposed to be part of like the the motif that makes this movie what it is which is like this combat uh both psychologically and physically with his father um his father who has now given helps himself the powers of a c-list marvel hero the the absorbing man uh, yeah, but I believe Father is actually a character from the Hulk who has the same powers as the Absorbing Man. Oh, really? I think so. Why didn't we do – because there's a scene where he gives himself the radiation, and it doesn't work, and he looks at his skin, and his skin's all scaly, and I was like, oh, wait, are we doing the Abomination? That 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 seems like that's a good idea. And that's not what we do, is it? <laughs> no. No, the Abomination's in the – The second one, yeah. The, yeah. the second attempt but 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 yeah he just turns into this in like the last 10 minutes the father suddenly has superpowers which he does not seem to fully understand and he's the absorbing man he can somehow absorb i made that up there is no character named father <laughs> in uh, the hulk universe so. it, um but he he becomes this character that seems to both have super strength can turn into stuff and also become lightning um, I don't know. Yeah, so this is so basically they Betty has the ability to get the Hulk to turn back into Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner decide is saying that they need to kill him because he is dangerous. So he agrees somewhat to be killed along with his father, who they found out I think has powers too. But his dad keeps trying to goad him into becoming the Hulk, ends up biting a power cable and becoming electricity, then Banner becomes the Hulk and he fights a cloud? Question mark. He has His a final fight scene is basically it's stop motion. Uh, yeah, of just shots of like a cloud with lightning in it and the Hulk punching the cloud. It's insane. I, I could not. I, it was as bad as I remember it because I saw this movie in theaters and was not a fan then either. I remember leaving the theater genuinely angry. But this the fight scene is crazy. Then they land in a lake and the. Dad becomes – there's like a little fight scene where he's rocks. Then he becomes the water, and he tries to absorb the Hulk's powers, but for some reason he can't, Well, a which co- I couldn't – I still could not figure out. A couple of it's- things happen. <laughs> Nick Nolte becomes lightning, which is my favorite sentence. Uh, and then the Hulk has a stop-motion fight with him in the clouds, like he said. Then they fall on a lake. He Well, no, no he, they land on the ground. He becomes a, a green rock man, then a green, like, marshmallow man. Then they fall in the lake, and then he's like, give me your power, and then they get frozen in water, and everyone's like, he's absorbing the ambient energy, and we're all like, what What does that mean? And then the Hulk goes, no, it's too much power, uh, and then Nick Nolte becomes a puddle. 
Uh, if you think that I'm exaggerating or feeling silly, that is the exact storyboard. I believe he becomes a big gamma mushroom cloud, right? And then they shoot it with a missile and that kills him? Yeah, that's what happens. I could not figure out <laughs> how that kills him. I was like, wait, I understand. He's just a big cloud. Like, you can't blow up a cloud. And if he can absorb <laughs> anything, if he... If the one thing that they've just declared that he can absorb is energy, so you think a nuclear bomb? Yeah, yeah, it's probably not the sound. Or a way gamma to bomb is like the best thing. He, he was like, probably sees that coming. He's like fucking amped because like that's gonna be great for him. But it's not. And then the hoax arrives, and then Nick Nolte is destroyed in a green mushroom fart. Uh, and uh, we find it at the end, Betty admits that she was in love with Bruce Banner. She talks to her father, who says that there's been sightings of the Hulk, and they're trying to find him, and he may be in South America. The movie ends with the Hulk as a doctor in some sort of jungle. I don't. Wait, I which is it. interesting, because isn't that kind of how the second one starts? Like, he's not in, like, yeah, South, America. South America. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's in South America. Was that intended to be a pickup, or was that... Isn't it like a? I, I think they are supposed. I think originally it was supposed to be a sequel to this movie, and then they quickly got rid of that. So it's more like a soft reboot. I think yeah. Or when the MCU was just like, well, we'll pretend like this never happened. What's the What's the Red Letter Media calls it a, a soft sequel reboot or a seaboot? We'll just call it. We'll call it a soft seaboot. <laughs> I believe is the term. Uh. So, but like, and that's I. I I think initially in this, I believe this ending was supposed to be like, because this is, uh, that's sort of a run of the comic and of course the original TV show is Bruce Banner basically just travels around, never staying anywhere because the government's looking for him. But the end we get him, he's a doctor trying to help some poor people in a jungle and some rebels show up to try to take his medicine and he, he, the guy goes to fight him and he says in Spanish, you're making me angry, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, which is the famous line from the tv show and then i read this on wikipedia but i this did not happen in the version i watched he says you wouldn't like me when i'm angry and then somebody says why has angry. he transformed <clears throat> what no some it's does this happen in the movie in the movie because in wikipedia it claims that at the end he tells him that you wouldn't like me when i'm angry and then one of the scientists says how come he hasn't transformed or something or why aren't you transforming and he says i'm always angry but I'm like, that's not in this movie. That's in The Avengers. Did that happen in this movie? I missed it. I don't remember it happening, no. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, good. I was like, I was like, what the? I don't recall that happening. So he turns into the Hulk at the end, and that's how the movie ends. Uh, as Which is not a good thing, because the Hulk would... With this little Hulk in it as the movie ends. The Hulk, the Hulk would presumably then just decimate this South American town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he would pretty much just kill probably everyone there. The fact but, that the uh, movie didn't end with, like, Eric Bana walking in, uh, down a road while that music played is, is, the, uh, is, the, real, is the real... Guys, plot. do yourself a favor. Look up the Hulk ending credit theme. Everyone knows from the it. Show. Everyone so knows it. So, so I think the note that I have in here that most sums up this movie is I wrote down, I don't know why this is happening and I'm bored. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's I, that's I, my it, whole uh, review of this movie. Uh, I put down at 30 minutes. I said 30 minutes in and nothing has happened other than I remembered how hot I find Jennifer Conley. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, that, that's a good point to make out here at the end is, uh, as you longtime listeners know, we have sort of uh, are trying to work out the superhero algorithm. We, we've established a couple of concepts that seem to work. One is, like we said earlier, the idea of merging another genre in in some way to make it not just some story about a superhero, but one in which they are in another narrative that can have more volume. Uh, the other more constant and easier to state goal is we found that in general, 30 minutes is the right time period to get from introducing a character to turning them into that hero and seeing them in some kind of action. Um, this movie does not do that because it is 48 minutes before we see the Hulk. And all, like you said, all he does is smash a lab and then... And what's crazy is like... It's irrelevant. I mean, the the Spider-Man movie where they're like, oh, there's a spider that has – we combined all of them. Oh, it's not in a cage, and it bites Peter Parker, and his hand swells up, and he gets like a dream where some spider stuff happens, and he wakes up, and he has superpowers. And you're like, oh, okay. I piece this together. The spider bit him. He got superpowers. In this movie, we see a child who turns green when he's angry. There's a mild mishap in a lab. He's hit by gamma radiation. He appears to be fine. Then he has a bad dream and turns into the Hulk. There's no like. Then he reads Then he reads a chain email and, and doesn't like it. And then he smashes yeah, his lap. He, he has a bad dream and he wakes up and turns into the Hulk. But it's like <laughs> you don't get the sense that like the reason he turned into the Hulk, like other than the fact you know that's his origin, like. If I think there'd be a chance if you watched this movie, you wouldn't understand that's what happened. Like the Hulk scene precedes the dogfight, which is where he's in his home and Talbot starts beating him up. That's a scene that should have been the first Hulk scene, right? Because you see yeah. him, he's in a situation where he's he's lost control, he's vulnerable, he's being hurt physically and being abused mentally. Like it's time for him to snap. And yeah, and he's trying to get he he knows that Betty's in, da in danger and he needs to get to her and this guy's right. trying to stop yes. him. Right. Yes, like love no is in just listen to him. Love is in play. And like the, there's shit going on in that scene that would that makes it clear, oh, he, when he's in an unstable emotional state, he becomes the Hulk. I get it. But yeah, you're right. In the first scene, he just seems to just get randomly green and like beat up a bunch of beakers and tables and then goes and then home. And then what's crazy is as the Hulk, he's like so mad. He destroys his uh, gamma thing, you know. He destroys his whole lab. He's real pissed off. He sees his dad. He has like a moment where he's like, oh, it's my dad. But then he remembers his dad possibly, you know, hurting his mother and he freaks out. And instead of just like you're like, isn't he the Hulk? Shouldn't he just like crush him and just kill his father right then? Like he, he has no control as the Hulk, but instead he just jumps off and runs away. Like, it didn't make any sense. And goes like, home and has a nap. Yeah, it really just knocks one out and then wakes up and has a good farmer's breakfast. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, Ben, the question that we usually try to ask at the end of these. Uh would you recommend people watch this movie? A hearty no. Um, as always, uh, evident by this, both this podcast and others, I try to be uh, – no, I don't try to be. I'm sort of naturally more inclined to see the the silver lining and the, uh, the brighter side of things when it comes to these movies. So I tend to be a yes in most of these parts, but this is a, a profound no. It's two hours. It's at times incoherent, at other times a waste of time. In fact, most of the time a waste of time. The effects aren't good. The action isn't palatable. And uh, Eric, the actors, though being generally good in their own right, don't deliver performances that are worthy of your time. So um, just Google the dogfight and just try to imagine it with more more dick like Ang Lee would, would have put in. 
and that's all. I would I would just Google the short cameo of Stan Lee and Lou Ferrigno because that was I was like, oh, don't remind me of the better version of this. But I will say, no, don't watch this movie because I'm going to admit I didn't watch all this movie. I watched the first hour and 20 minutes and had to stop because I was like starting to fall asleep sitting up. And I was just like, I don't want to keep watching this. And then when I went to watch the rest of it today, I fast-forwarded like a good 30 minutes out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. So I am going to say do not watch it. It, it. I don't even feel like – you know, like there's movies like Virus where I'm like don't watch it because it's not good. But if you're going to sit down with your friends and be like let's watch a bad movie and make fun of it, it's a good – I would say watch it. But don't just watch it on your own because this movie is like – I don't think it was ever so bad it was good. Like I don't think if – I mean, we probably would have had fun if me and you watched it together, but I just don't think that it's worth it. Like, it, there's so many other better, terrible films. This is just a boring train wreck. So No argument that's there. It. There's no argument there, which is why I feel like the tagline for this movie was Rage, Power, Freedom. I feel like it should have been Rage, Power, Boredom. So there you go. <laughs> Boom. Now, uh, if you have if you have a different opinion, which I would be shocked at, or if you have comments, something you'd like to bring up, if you're a huge Hulk fan and you want to throw it in my face that we don't know shit about the Hulk, uh, you can write to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash naospod or tweet at naospod. We'll read any comments you leave us on our next mini episode. Uh, if you like the show, please rate and review us or leave a review on whichever platform you listen to itunes stitcher whatever it helps us out and uh, try to recommend it to somebody else because that would be dope if we could get more people listening uh until next week we'll tell you what movie's up next i like to imagine there's a script somewhere that says the poodle choking sequence doesn't have enough hulk dick <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>